Welcome to the Trumpet Call Podcast, where we are mobilizing warriors for the spiritual battle. I'm your host, John Martin, and today we are here with Phil Parton. Phil, thanks for joining us. You bet. And uh, Phil, you're no stranger to military ministry. You spent uh, a couple years in Vietnam with the Army, and then um, you've been on staff for 300 years. Maybe not that long. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a decent amount of time. Maybe not 300. But uh, but you, you've done 30 of those years, have been directly investing your life into military folks and still doing that, but now that you work yeah. in the Raleigh area so uh, with Nav City. So thanks so much for doing this. So we're talking about the second mark of a disciple maker, which knowing and living the scriptures. So Phil, no can problem. you tell me and our listeners how you came to be a person who knows and lives the scriptures? Well, it's pretty uh, easy, but hard. Um, 48 years of devotion to God's work, uh, daily, continuously reading, studying, meditating, memorizing. And let me tell you a story. You know, I, I can't do anything without uh, describing it with a story. I love, you know, when I 48 years ago, I uh, just become a believer. And um, I didn't know hardly anything about the Bible. Uh, my, my conversion was uh, very um, much a, a matter of, how shall I say it, miraculous movement of the Lord. Um, so um, I went to, uh, I, I, I've always been kind of an activist, John, you know, a lot of energy, <clears throat> want to get things done. And so I looked around and I didn't see a whole lot that was happening that I thought uh, was kingdom work. So I thought, well, who do I know that are out there getting it done? Don't laugh. I call the Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> I'm sorry, I laughed. That was, that's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's okay. I can laugh too. But, you know, I thought, well, they're out there knocking on doors. And, and so I called, they, they wouldn't come to see me. So the guy that was discipling, discipling me, who I'll talk a little bit uh, more about later, uh, had invited me to a NAV rally uh, in, there in Greenville. And uh, I went, and uh, they had a guy from, who coincidentally was the staff guy at uh, Camp Lejeune at that particular time. And he you know, preached and uh, taught on the Trinity. I left that place absolutely confused. I didn't know what in the world he was talking about. And it just, I couldn't get it together. So the next day I'm in my Bible at my desk and I'm reading, I lived in an old house out in the country and didn't have much in the way of windows. Uh, but I heard a knock on the door and guess who it was? Jehovah's, it Witness. was Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes, it was. And uh, I invited them in and they began to talk about how bogus the idea of the Trinity was. And I thought, what? So I, I was just shocked. And finally they left. And I was sitting there at my desk, John. And I promise you, true story here. Uh, the wind blew through the window and you know how it makes the Bible, you know, your pages flap. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I know, it just stopped and my head went straight down 
to John chapter 14, verse 8, you know, and it says, and here's why it's so, so absolutely incredible. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he, uh, will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Hmm. So, what do you think? I was thinking after that, God just spoke to me, <laughs> the living God of the universe. Just answered the question completely, thoroughly. So uh, uh, that was my first, what you might say, uh, endeavor into the absolute personal power of the gospel from the word of God. It just, uh, you know, that moment was uh, kind of the catcher for me. Mm -hmm. This is what God has called me to. The ministry of the word of God. Wow. Yeah, that's great. So that's how that's how you started. That puts you on that journey of knowing yes. and living the scriptures. So then, um, so did you just continue to just leave your Bible open in front of the window to to uh, get <laughs> get the rest of those insights and walk with Jesus, or did was there somebody in that process that really came beside you and inspired you? Well, actually, uh, there was another incident which we'll get to a little later, but uh, uh, God had led me to. Uh, a, a man who had just come to ECU, East Carolina University, from uh, uh, Camp Lejeune, and he was starting back in school. His name was Steve Swan. And so Steve Swan and I have been friends for almost 48 years. Uh, and uh, he began to teach me how to spend time with God in the Word. He, he taught me, we did together, I guess I should say, uh, uh, reading the word, uh, studying the word, uh, meditating on the word, memorizing the word. Occasionally I would even listen, but you know, not often, (laughs) (laughs) but yes, Steve and I, we just, uh, we just had a wonderful time and, you know, he was, he had been discipled, uh, at Camp Lejeune and he was now discipling me and I was on fire and still am brother. Hmm. Yeah, well, I know that about you. That's why I wanted to talk to you about this. Bill, you've lived it. Well, um, one of the things that characterizes, I think, our time, Steve and I, our time was, you know, Proverbs 27 and 17, you know, where the scripture says, iron sharpens iron, and so, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So the power of the word of God, as you make it a part of, your life, a central part of your life, is that it has the power to change you. And as you do it with others, 
you know, you see not just a change in yourself, but a change in the relationship. And then ultimately it's a keystone for building that community of faith. It's just a miraculous how God has dealt with us in that way. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. So Steve Swan, kind of the key person there and just getting you started to yes, be a and, person. Yeah. And, you know, at that point in time, uh, one of the most po- popular people to listen to on eight track tapes <laughs> <laughs> was Dawson Trotman, the founder of the Navigators. Uh, and uh, he had some things that everybody listened to. And they were just so incredibly spirit-filled and word-filled and powerful. You know, for example, uh, uh, he, he had this one message called the need of the hour. The need of the hour. Men who would trust God. Men who would trust what God says hmm. and live out of. You know, so he just uh, ignited us in a very powerful way. And then he, he also had this one called Born to Reproduce which uh, after, as we are being ignited, we are given this vision of how we are to live as uh, uh, men uh, of the word. And then there was another man who was an actual a minister, a mentor to me, and his name was Walt Hendrickson. And he was a prophetic man. I mean, he, he could speak and you knew this was coming from God. Wow. Uh, and he he had written a book called Disciples Are Made, Not Born, in which he described the process, the word of God is used in building disciples and ultimately disciple makers. So those uh, those uh, three, and of course, so, so many others, uh, had right. an incredible impact on my life. Wow. Yeah, it's so awesome. So you didn't know Dawson Trotman personally. You knew Walt Henderson personally. Yes, I didn't know uh, Dawson because uh, he, you know, actually, I think it was 55 that he passed away. Uh, right. But, you know, because he was the founder of our work and he was such a larger than life figure, mm-hmm. uh, we all knew what Dawson had written about and his messages. And uh, he was a, the foundation maker for a, a movement of the gospel that was built around the word of God. That leads me to my next question, Phil, which is how have you seen the, these things you're talking about, listening to these messages, getting in the word, memorizing the word, meditating on the word, you know, putting your Bible in front of the window, you know, how have you seen the, these disciplines equip men and women, any, no matter where they're at in life, doesn't matter what their background, how have you seen this equip these people to make disciples? Well, um, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a circuitous route to get to that, uh, by saying one other time when I had the Bible in front of the window, I didn't really, but I was, I couldn't sleep, John, because I, I just wanted God to tell me what he wanted us to do, you know, Martha and I, and I was wrestling with him just like Jacob. Unfortunately, oh, he didn't take my hip out of out of place but uh so i am there and my bible is on the table and um for some reason mm, the leaves just flapped again and uh my head went right down to isaiah 55 5 and it says behold you shall call a nation that you do not know 
and nations you uh, that don't know you will run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. He has exalted you. Now, I realize uh, and want to make a big point of this, that that is a messianic, a messianic verse. And so it had a particular um, context in which we are to understand what God is telling us. But there's more to this story. So I was thinking, well, God, what does that mean? I wasn't old enough in the Lord to know what I just described. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was just puzzled again. This idea of uh, the Lord speaking this way is um, a part of my story. And it's a part of my story in this regard, John. Uh, I clearly heard God's voice speaking to me. It wasn't just that it was a messianic verse. So the next day, Martha and I get up to go to to church and... uh, uh, the, uh, it was a little Methodist church out in the country outside of Greenville. And uh, we had a pastor there who's a bit on the charismatic side. And so uh, he um, walked into the pulpit that morning, had his notes there, took his notes, balled them up, threw them down on the ground. He said, I can't preach that this morning. Nope, I can't. Someone here is called to the ministry of the gospel. And guess what he just began to, to speak on? What? Isaiah 55, 5. Boom. Man. <laughs> what? And so Martha <laughs> and I felt like we were encapsulated or, or in a bubble or something. The rest of the sermon, it was so clearly the Holy Spirit had come to uh, anoint us. I guess that's the only word I can use to anoint us for uh, his work. But you see, my question that night before had been, God, what do you want us to do? Mm -hmm. And this verse uh, uh, reflected for me that God wanted us to take his word uh, to uh, nations and generations. And that's ultimately what's happened. You know, Uh, as you well know, as we talked about earlier, uh, it's been great uh, for us to have been the the opportunity to go to Cameroon and proclaim Jesus uh, in Cameroon and Ayunde in the the city and out there in the countryside, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) I mean, when we got the womb, man, we're in the country. (laughs) Uh, And we met these folks and uh, we've managed to stay in touch with them and see them begin to reproduce uh, their lives and reproduce a love for the word of God. So, uh, yeah, I can go on and on about um, uh, how God has allowed me to, to go all over the world and proclaim Jesus to people and encourage them around his word. Mm-hmm. As you've seen other people get into the scriptures, how have you seen the men and women that you've discipled, probably mostly men, but these men that you've discipled, how have you seen them? How have you seen the Word of God just take somebody who's totally unequipped and just equip them in a way to make disciples that you just saw? They didn't have that before, before they start getting time in the Word. Well, uh, it's interesting. That ring on my phone that interrupted us a few minutes ago was a young man that I'm uh, meeting with now. 
who is uh, unlike anybody I've ever met, uh, or not never met, but ever discipled. So he is, he is just hungry for the word of God. And so that's been my experience, John, is people who are hungry for the word of God will be driven to be men and women of God. Mm. That's so awesome. Cool. Okay, so we have, a, we have about three minutes left. So um, I just had some practical questions, Phil. Sure. So how, so somebody who is on year two or one or five, not year 48, where, do, where would you say, what, where do they start? Well, that's an easy question. Abide, abide, abide. Mm. Uh, if we, we used to have a saying, John, uh, uh, if you want to become a man or a woman of God, you have to become a man or woman of his word. And so this idea of abide is to live deeply in. Uh, so what I tell everybody 48 years ago or there's abouts and even today is learn to get deep in the scripture because in getting deep in the scripture you will grow deeper and deeper with jesus mm. and when you grow deeper and deeper with jesus you'll spend more time with him mm. and your life i promise you <laughs> will be transformed it will yeah. be yeah it's a powerful process um so, and then fruit, um, I think the ability to love God and to love people with all your heart, mind, and soul is a direct outcome of the abiding life. So you would say it's not, you know, the fruit, the fruit of being a man or woman of the scriptures, who's living the scriptures, knowing the scriptures, the fruit is being actually able to love. Everyone wants to talk about loving everyone. That's not like a, it's not just Christians talking about loving people, but you've seen, oh yeah, you don't have a chance of doing that unless you're a person of the word. I I would say that is, uh, if I could triple it, I would triple it because that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I, I We used to have this guy that I knew who had memorized books and that's a good thing, except the fact that he didn't actually live a very good life. And so my idea without being uh, judgmental was that he was doing it more for the achievement than the intimacy. Mm -hmm. You see the difference there? Oh man, I just memorized the gospel of John. Oh man, Jesus spoke to my heart this morning. He said, love me with all your heart, mind, and soul. Huh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the difference, I think. Yeah, I take that one any day. Well, Phil, that's awesome. Thanks so much for uh, imparting your thoughts, your 48 years of walking with Jesus. And uh, I think I know I'm encouraged. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone who did. Uh, so um, if you want to visit Phil, he's in Chapel Hill. So go, go see him. Uh, and we'll see you next time.